0: hey everyone samir and here and welcome back to our formula one podcast today we'll be talking about the 2023 japanese grand prix and this was kind of like this was kind of a mid-race in my opinion i mean it's kind of business as usual that we've seen so far in 2023 i mean um, a return of Red Bull now to their form that we've seen so far this season. Not really too much happening, too much challenging um, towards them. So it's kind of business as usual. Yeah, I mean, this definitely wasn't as exciting as Singapore. But yeah. I think it still had some like pretty interesting and exciting yeah. moments. But like you said, definitely wasn't the most interesting race because obviously yeah. Red Bull continued their dominance. Yeah, so going into this weekend, um, there were some major talking points. One of them being that Oscar Piastri would remain at McLaren until 2026. McLaren confirmed that the Australian would remain there and they renewed his contract and got an extension done. So that was great news to hear because I think that he should be in Formula One for much longer. He deserves uh to be in Formula One for a lot longer. He's definitely put in a lot of good results. Yeah, I mean, I think like he's not driving like he's a rookie. He's yeah, driving definitely. definitely like he's um like he's been in the sport for quite some time. So yeah. I think it's just a no brainer for McLaren to keep him because he's doing so well. He's actually challenging Lando yeah. Norris, so that's really encouraging to see. Yeah. So another um talking point going into this weekend too was that um Alpha Tower confirmed their lineup for. 2024 with yuki Sonoda remaining at the team and surprisingly daniel ricardo too um red bull clearing clearly have a lot of confidence in daniel ricardo so they kept him at their sister team and so that meant that liam lawson as of now still does not have a drive yeah i mean i think like i i personally felt like it was like ricardo showed that he did he still had it in his two races and i think hopefully he'll do good when he returns whether that's um the u.s grand prix coming up after qatar or be um after that but i think it was ultimately more between sonoda and lawson because sonoda's had like some yeah really poor performances recently so if sonoda like bounces back then i think like next year then it should be good for sonoda i think um a scenario i can see happening in 2025 is that paris gets dropped Ricardo goes to Red Bull, and then Lawson fills in the vacant AlphaTauri seat. So it's like Sonora yeah, and Lawson. That could happen, yeah. Mm-hmm. So going into FP1 now, um, Red Bull once again had another opportunity to seal the Constructors' Championship here in Japan. And it was looking good for Max Verstappen, who was back at the top of the times um, in FP1 early on. And he was looking really quick once again around Japan, where he won last year, of course. He put in a time of 131.647, so a really quick time on the soft compound attires and just pretty much normal Max Verstappen that we've seen so far. Yeah, on the other hand, too, like Ferrari, they were still up there, but yeah. they weren't necessarily, like, that... Um, yeah, they were 6 tenths off there. of Verstappen. Yeah, we saw Leclerc struggling at the hairpin, and yeah. so both Ferraris took a quite a bit longer to get used to the um, track. Well, yeah. Red Bull, this um, the circuit definitely suits their car the best, and so it was. It would just be ultimately about damage limitation from the rest of the field. Yeah. Um. So McLaren was looking also pretty quick too. Oscar Piastri did have his moments of like sliding around the track. Obviously, he needed to get used to Suzuka, as did all of the rookies. With Suzuka being one of the more challenging tracks for all of these rookies to um grasp, especially with most of it, them being their first time driving around Suzuka. Um but Lando Norris was looking very quick in his McLaren. He finished in P three whilst um, Oscar Piastri was only down in P seven. So um McLaren is definitely looking like pretty good though around here. Yep. Yeah, another team team that were looking good around here surprisingly were Alpha Tower yeah. in the end of F P one. Um Yuki Sonoda finished P five and then Liam Lawson finished P nine. Yeah. So it's really encouraging to see both Alpha Towers up there. Um, possibly to be challenging for points, especially Sonoda, to show yeah. um why he deserves to keep that seat for next year, and then Liam Lawson to show why he deserves a seat yeah. in the near future in Formula One. Yeah. Also, we saw Alex Albon um right on it too um throughout this practice session. He was certainly giving it everything in his Williams, whilst they continued to um sport that Gulf livery that we've seen so far at Singapore, and Albon was up there in P eight whilst his teammate Sargent was down in P19. And Sargent is of another driver that's, like, really under pressure this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely, he has, he's the only full-time driver yeah. so far that hasn't scored points this season. Yeah. And so he really needs to show why um he he um should keep that seat for next yeah. year. I personally feel like he will, because that would just make the Williams Academy look yeah. bad. But if he doesn't step up next year, then it would be over for him. Yeah. But speaking of Sergeant, he and Sonoda were like got really close in FP one and yeah. Sergeant complained that Sonoda was just sticking behind him and then Sonoda complained that Sergeant was impeding him, so it was just kind of more traffic. Yeah. So um Suzuka's a pretty narrow track and it's also really fast. So yeah. if uh, if you catch a car at the wrong moment it'll be really detrimental yeah. to your lap. Yeah, we also saw another incident between one of the Hasses just running wide at the chicane of um Kevin Magnussen just going off and missing his breaking point and having to cut the chicane at the place where well, we saw last year where Charles Leclerc went off, essentially handing the championship to Max Verstappen because of the yeah. five second penalty. Turn sixteen and seventeen. Yeah, we also saw more incidents of traffic um blocking Joe on Yu at the um uh sweeping left-hander just before that long back straight at the first spoon curve yeah at spoon curve and so um just traffic would be another thing to watch out for in this circuit because like you said it is a very narrow circuit yeah and traffic once again it will like it It can also be like really dangerous here too because yeah. uh, with all the high speed corners if you catch someone at the wrong moment you'll ruin your lap but then you yeah. also go off at extremely high speeds and that won't be um that won't be good for you, yeah, um we also saw um Fernando Alonso in his aston Martin um looking good again looking pretty fast um again this other Aston Martin inconsistency, whereas they weren't looking so good in Singapore now they're looking um quite decent in um Japan, just the nature of that car um looking good in the hands of Fernando Alonso. Yeah, and speaking of Fernando Alonso, one of his old rivals, Sebastian Vettel, it was a really cool thing that he did at turn two. He set up like um, a bunch of beehives for like his biodiversity project and he painted the curbs on turn two um, yellow and black. So it was really cool to see Vettel still being involved with F1 and doing all that he could do to like promote more biodiversity. Yeah, certainly something that we need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. um for the planet and i'm glad at least someone is doing it exactly yeah so, so going on to the end of fp1 now it was max verstappen who was finished in p1 with carlos science in p2 albeit six tenths off verstappen then norris was there in p3 then came leclerc sonoda up there in p5 in his home race and then alonso piastri albon lost and also in p9 so both alpha Towers looking very good and then stroll was up there in p10 hmm So going on into fp2 now and immediately we saw pierre gasly had a shunt at um i think it was like the second degna that he just um like just completely locked up and went straight on and so that was not at all what pierre gasly and alpine would need especially when they're trying to get a lot of running in and conditions closer to qualifying so really unfortunate moment for gasly there but he would definitely need to maximize FP3 then tomorrow. Or yeah, the yeah, definitely. And we also saw Max Verstappen once again just flying at the top of the times um, with a time like a second better than the lap time he put in yesterday. So once again, Max Verstappen just doing what he does best and just controlling the field and setting the pace for everyone to chase. Yo, speaking of the pace, Ferrari seemed to be having showing their pace again was like no fluke because... they seem to be getting um, more used to the track and the fp2 conditions because they were doing pretty good leclerc was p2 and then science was p4 so um ferrari again showing that they have pace to challenge for potential podiums was really encouraging yeah definitely that would be nice to see someone putting the fight on red bull again throughout the remainder of the season and mclaren also looked pretty quick in the hands of lando norris because norris finished the session in p3 and yeah. Oscar Piastri he finished in P8 so like um Piastri looked like he was making significant yeah. improvements considering he's never raced here before. Yeah, we did see some moments from Lando Norris heavily locking up in the pit lane and then running wide at the same corner where Pierre Gasly had his um crash at the beginning of the session. Yeah, and... a lot of drivers were struggling with yeah. the second Degna turn 9. Yeah. And George Russell was also complaining a lot about his Mercedes, um, saying the tires were not um doing too well, and the tires like um they were only going in one direction; they wouldn't turn the way that he wanted them to. So he that's something that needed to be looked at. Yeah, and also like um in Suzuka, not only tires will affect you because of all the high speeds, yeah. but also the wind plays a really big part. So. If you get caught out especially these cars are so fragile with wind now if you get caught out with the wrong gust your car will just be sent flying like off the track and also speaking of mercedes they had this really new cool thing on lewis hamilton's car only it was like a new tv camera but it had like gyro um stabilizing and so basically um the angle of the car even if it changed the like um basically like angle of the camera would effectively stay the same so the camera would stay level and it wouldn't change like relative to the um it would change like relative to the car and so it just made the like footage a lot smoother and it also like in my opinion it made like you could actually experience like suzuka um more clearly Like you could see how fast it was and how flowing it was yeah you could just get that sense of speed kind of more than you would get with the normal onboard cameras exactly and lewis hamilton also was like running a little bit wide with some corners he was checking with the team whether um to see whether his floor was okay or not but for the most part mercedes was um looking pretty good george russell despite his complaints finished in p5 but hamilton was only down in p14 so it was looking good on one side of the garage, but not so good on the other side. Mm-hmm. We also saw more drivers struggling at turn yeah. 16. We saw the Alfa Romeo, I think it was Valtteri Bottas, and then Sergio Perez both yeah. locking up at that corner. It is a heavy yeah. braking zone coming off of 130R, so you need to get that right. Otherwise, you're compromised for the whole um front straight. And so um drivers were just trying to find the limit at that corner. Yeah. And, Bottas and Perez just missing it and locking up and ruining their tire Yeah, same with Albon. He kind of went in too deep and had to hit the brakes on and downshift quickly, which locked up his rear and caused him to get a lot of um oversteer. So that compromised his exit and to finish the lap. Um, Albon was also struggling a lot. It seemed like even at um turn nine, he ran wide and had to skateboard across the curb there. So Albon was struggling a little bit, but, um, he still finished the session in P7, so it was still promising for him. Yeah, it was, um, still promising for Albon, but another thing, too, like, going back to, um, traffic, we saw more traffic, like, um, um, we saw Kevin Magnussen get impeded by Carlos Sainz at turn one, and just, again, the reflexes F1 drivers have showing that, um, they can avoid nasty collisions, but, again, more traffic incidents wouldn't be helpful for qualifying. Yeah. So at the end of FP2 um two then it was Max Verstappen who was in P1 once again. This time it was Leclerc who was in P2. Then came Norris, Sainz, Russell, Alonso, Albon, Piastri, Perez and then Bottas to finish the top 10. Mhm. Going on into FP3 now and again Max Verstappen proving that he was the pace setter yeah. around Suzuka this weekend. He set a time of a one thirty point one one thirty point two six seven and so um Verstappen was absolutely flying. Yeah. And the Ferraris were struggling to keep up with him as we saw Carlos Sainz run wide after the first Degna. And yeah. so the Ferraris were really pushing, trying to find that pace to um see where they could close up to the um Red Bulls, but they fell short as they finished fifth and sixth and it looked like maybe McLaren out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, well, Piastri out of nowhere could be challenging because Norris seemed consistent because Norris finished two tenths down yeah. of Verstappen and Piastri finished four hundredths down of Norris. So it looked like both McLaren's could be in contention for um possibly podiums around here. Yeah, also um, we saw Sergio Perez finding some good form in his Red Bull. Finally up there in P4, although he was seven tenths off his teammate, at least he was looking quicker than the rest of the field. In what is an important weekend for Red Bull to have both drivers getting as much points as possible so that they can um seal the constructors championship with Ferrari not doing that well. Yeah, and Mercedes also um they looked in the mix somewhat, but at the yeah. end of the session they were down in seventh and eighth. So it was kind of iffy with them and they needed to have a good weekend yeah. if they wanted to um hold off Red Bull winning the championship. Yeah, um we also saw the Aston Martins and Mercedes i um, looking pretty uh, good. With Hamilton now up there in P7, a great turnaround from yesterday, and um Russell down in P8. So both Mercedes were um doing better than they were yesterday. And Fernando Alonso was up there in P9 for Aston Martin. Yeah, and we also saw um both Alpines unusually after the yeah. first day. They were both struggling heavily yeah. as we saw um Esteban Ocon finishing P13. And then we saw Pierre Gasly finished in P20. So that was, like, highly unusual from both of them. And Alpine needed to have a good weekend to gain more points in the championship. And they looked like they were struggling in FP3. Yeah, another team who looked like they were struggling was AlphaTauri. Just more of what we've seen so far with Sonoda down in P14 and um, Lawson down in P17. So um, both of them weren't doing that well compared to what we've seen in FP1. And also um, Williams too um, wasn't doing that well because Albon was down in P18 and Logan Sargent was in P16. So Williams also not showing what they showed in FP1. Exactly, yeah. FP3 just kind of seemed to flip flip the dice on everyone except Red Bull and Verstappen, obviously. But in the end, it was Verstappen P1 and then both McLarens um, second and third with Norris second and then Piastri third and yeah. then came Sergio Perez fourth followed by the Ferraris Leclerc fifth signed sixth and then both Mercedes so it was Hamilton yeah. seventh and Russell eighth and then Alonso came ninth and Jogo Anu came in ten yeah so now moving on into qualifying then straight away as we saw the um first set of runs coming to an end we saw um the yellow flag come out and it was well, unsurprisingly Logan Sargent right at the final corner and the American just found the wall right there right so close to the finish line he just got a um, dollop of oversteer just trying to push his car to the limit and just lost the rear and couldn't control it and just went straight into the barrier yeah re- really unfortunate for Sargent he's definitely feeling the mental pressure now yeah. I think he just needs to be consistent in the other way yeah. cause He's consistently trash right now, but yeah. he just needs to be. He needs to find consistency like Albon is doing, yeah. and it's just really unfortunate for Sargent right now because I really want to see him do good, yeah. especially being an American in Formula One. Yeah. But hopefully, he can find um, he can find the form back that we saw in the earlier part of the season. Yeah. because Williams want to keep him in the seat in the car for next year. I feel like, and so. um just hopefully Sargent will find some form and yeah. hopefully relieve some of that mental pressure. Yeah, definitely. Um, So coming now to the very end of Q1 now with the final laps being completed. As of now, it was Verstappen, P1, from Norris, um, Leclerc, Piastri, and Sainz with all four, four out of five of those all beat Piastri all in the pits because they had set a decent enough time where they didn't need to go out. Piastri was on another outlap. But drivers were looking to complete their lines, their laps. And first up was Pierre Gasly, who went up into P7 from the bottom five, so he escaped qualifying. Then came um the McLaren of Oscar Piastri to start his lap to see what he could do. Then um the hasses came of Kevin Magnussen as he completed his lap. He went up into P9. So track evolution was starting to become a big factor, and those in the bottom five had to get their laps in done quickly, or else they would risk them being knocked out. Yep, Stroll couldn't get his lap hooked up. He only went up to P15, yeah. and that quickly became P16, as Yuki Tsunoda went up to P7 in the Alpha Tauri. Yeah. Then we saw more dr- drivers trying to improve, like Lewis Hamilton, but Hamilton crossed the line, and he only went up to 10th fastest, but so that yeah. should have been good enough. And Alex Albon, on his first timed run of the session... Went up to P12, so that ultimately yeah. knocked out Valtteri Bottas. And um we saw Joe Guan Yu to have a yeah. moment in the other Alfa Romeo. He seemed to get a lot of traffic through the second yeah. Degna, and so that completely ruined his lap. So it was really unfortunate for both Alfa Romeos, as we saw Bottas out in 16th. Then Stroll was on 17th. Hulkenberg had a miserable qualifying in 18th after yeah. showing early signs of pace. Then Joe Guanyu came 19th, and then Logan Sargent came 20th after his crash. Yeah, so now going on into the final runs of Q2. At the moment, it was Leclerc, surprisingly, who was ahead of um, Verstappen up there in P1. Then Sainz was um, farther back, and the top four were separated by just one-tenth of a second. So it was really good. And Piastri was that fourth-place car, so he was currently doing better than Lando Norris. So as the final times came in, we saw Kevin Magnussen. He couldn't improve his time of P9, um, which uh, meant that he was certainly at risk because drivers behind were improving their times, such as Fernando Alonso, who is currently in P13, as he looked to improve his time. He did improve his time and went up to P8, which pushed Kevin Magnussen down to P10 and the driver at risk. But Magnussen quickly fell out of qualifying as Lewis Hamilton, went up into P3 from the bottom five. So that was a great lap from Lewis Hamilton, who's obviously experienced a lot of success in Japan, both here at Suzuka and at Fiji circuit from a while ago. Then... Oh, Fuji. Yeah, Fuji um, from a while ago. Um, Then came a Liam Lawson, who crossed the line and went up into P10. Um, So just barely Lawson was now the driver at risk as he tried to make it another Q3 appearance in the second one in two weeks then came Esteban Ocon who could not um, escape qualifying and he was only down in p12 so um now the pressure was really on for George Russell to deliver a lap as he was down in p14 but it was looking good on his lap and as he crossed the line he went up comfortably into p7 so unfortunately Lawson would be out of qualifying yeah, I mean, uh, it was unfortunate for Lawson, but he he also knows his track really well, obviously, yeah. from Super Formula. Yeah. Because they race on here a lot. And so Lawson, like, definitely knows the track, but he's just getting yeah. used to the car. Um, Formula One and Super Formula cars are a lot different because F1 has more downforce and more horsepower. Yeah. So um, Lawson did a pretty good job. He wasn't too far off. U- Actually, he's three tenths off. U- so not tenths. Yeah. But still, it was... A decent effort from Liam Lawson, and he was P eleven, so not that far off the top ten. Yeah. So that was pretty good effort from Liam Lawson. As Gasly at the end couldn't improve past Lawson, so yeah. it would be Lawson eleventh, then Gasly twelfth, then Alex Albon um thirteenth after a pretty decent session from him. Then came Esteban Ocon fourteenth, and Kevin Magnussen fifteenth. Yeah, so now going on into Q3, and the first set of runs, Max Verstappen was absolutely flying, and he set the time for everyone to chase, and um, it was a 129.0, so nearly into the one twenty eight. and no one behind was looking to improve. As Sergio Perez completed his lap, he was more than a second back on his teammate, a second and four tenths back on his teammate, so that was a very, very big gap between the two um, Red Bulls. I think he was on old tires, though. Yeah, that would, that would make sense then as to why he's that far back. Then Lewis Hamilton came up to P3 and he couldn't beat um Sergio Perez's this time. He was three tenths back on the Red Bull. But Piastri could beat um Sergio Perez's time. And just by four tenths, he put his McLaren provisionally onto the front row. And Lando Norris, who um we expected to out-qualify Piastri, could not beat Piastri. And he went up only into P3. Mm -hmm. it's really surprising because norris has been here so many times and piastri hasn't and it looked like piastri would be the lead mclaren here and going on to the final laps now just as we thought verstappen hadn't um couldn't find any more pace couldn't go any faster he found a 10th and he smashed all three sectors and so now all the drivers were on new sets of tires and leclerc as he crossed the line he went up to fourth, but he was still only six. He was still six tenths down on Verstappen. Yeah. So Ferrari were completely off the pace as Sainz went behind his teammate, but Sainz was nine tenths off Verstappen. So yeah. three tenths between the two Ferraris, and be behind them the McLarens weren't improving as Piastri and Norris couldn't improve their times, and so in the end it would be Oscar Piastri yeah. on the front row, in his first qualifying at Suzuka. So that's yeah. really impressive. Yeah, exactly. A Brilliant massive, performance from him. Massive round of applause for Oscar Piastri as he did really good. And behind both McLarens, Sergio Perez was coming across the line, and it was a dismal qualifying for him as he finished in P five, yeah. seven tenths away from his teammate in the same yeah. car. That that's not good at all from yeah, Sergio Perez right yeah. there. um Lewis Hamilton then finished in P seven. The Mercedes were a second down off Verstappen's time, so they were massively off the pace in the end. It looked like McLaren's would be the ones challenging um, Red Bull because in the end, it was Verstappen on pole, then Piastri alongside him on the front row, Lando Norris would settle for third, then came Leclerc fourth, and splitting the Ferraris, it was Perez fifth because Sainz was sixth, and then came the two Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton seventh, and then George Russell eighth, Yuki Tsunoda, ninth, so top ten in the Alpha Tari in his home Grand Prix is a really good effort from him. Yeah. And then rounding off the top ten, disappointing um session for Fernando Alonso and Aston Martin. Yeah, so now moving on into the race. Um a note before the start of the race, Logan Sargent was required to start in the pit lane after the car was modified whilst under park farming conditions. So um and also he was given permission by the stewards to race because he technically didn't set a time within the 107% um, requirement. So um, the stewards could have not allowed him to race at all. It is the second time this year that um, he's done that, obviously, in um, Saudi Arabia too. Mm-hmm. Disappointing for Sargeant because Williams effectively built a third yeah. car according to the stewards. So that's why he had to start from the pit lane and he got yeah. a 10 second penalty yeah so now moving on into the start of the race then at lights out it was a great start from oscar piastri who um moved across and tried to go wheel to wheel with verstappen who actually came and tried to cut across um oscar piastri which left the door open for lando norris and it was three wide going into the first turn but verstappen just broke that much later and kept the lead but there was lots of chaos at the back as we saw Lewis Hamilton get pushed wide by the two Ferraris, and then further back, um, contact between the Williams and the Haas, and um, the Alfa Romeo. Too further back, it was Albon after um one of the Alfa Romeos moved across and just went right into um Alex Albon. And uh, meanwhile, out and in the lead, it was um Norris trying to go around the outside of Max Verstappen, but Verstappen just kept that spot. Yeah, and then so they were clearing up the stuff at the um first corner and while that was all going on we saw the two alpha towers getting really close sonoda and lawson battling out both know this track very well so it looked like um lawson was keeping ahead and sonoda tried to get um the switch back into the second um degna but lawson squeezed him out and kept that lead so liam lawson um got ahead of yuki sonoda who had a pretty bad start and sonoda was still trying to fight him around the hairpin at turn 11 but and they had to bring out a safety car before the end of lap yeah. one because there was a lot of debris at turn one yeah um so by the time the safety car ended then on lap five we saw valtteri Bottas suddenly spin out at the hairpin and because and then when we saw the replay we realized it was because of contact with logan sergeant as they were racing together um sergeant was on the inside and going into the hairpin he just immediately locked up his front tires and just could not get any rotation, and he just like Valtteri Bottas was um right alongside him, and he tried to go around the outside, but Sargeant just obviously couldn't get any rotation in, and just hit him and spun him out. Yeah, again, just really sucks from Sargeant, yeah. like that he got involved in another accident. Yeah, but uh, that unfortunately ended in Botas's retirement, so that was disappointing for Bottas. Yeah, but Sargeant thankfully put his head down and was still able to carry on from yeah. him um so now going on into that same lap lap five towards the end of the lap at the chicane we saw some great, great racing between um the two mercedes as russell sent one to the inside of hamilton at the chicane but then hamilton um used the drs or not the drs the slipstream down the main straight to um get past and repass his teammate of george russell and further back liam lawson was just hanging around in the background waiting to make his move but it was great racing from the two um, Mercedes yeah as Hamilton got past him into turn into turn one yeah. like you said and so that was um that was good racing between yeah. um the two Mercedes Russell seemed to be challenging Hamilton a lot more like yeah. we haven't seen Hamilton being this challenged since like Nico Rosberg yeah. back in like 2016 or something so it was nice to see Russell challenging Hamilton but I think that that would make the relationship start to yeah. strain a bit more. Yeah, going on to lap um nine, then four laps later, we saw um Valtteri Bottas now finally have to retire from the race after too much damage after that crash from um Logan Sargeant. So once again, just Valtteri Bottas with another DNF and Alpha Romeo season just not going well at all exactly and another incident happened on lap 12 where Sergio Perez out of nowhere sent it to the inside of Kevin Magnuson at turn 11 and that was like completely like a rookie error from Sergio Perez again in my opinion he's just making too many rookie errors because there's no way he would have made it from that far back unless you're like Daniel Ricciardo yeah (laughs) that's true I mean, Ricardo can make really good overtakes. Yeah. But Sergio Perez, I don't know what he was thinking there because Magnussen had already turned into the apex, and yeah. Perez just stuck his nose in there and spun the car around, yeah. and that resulted even in with even more damage to Perez's car too. So I just don't know what he was thinking there. Yeah. Um. That would earn him eventually like a ten-second penalty, I think it was. But Perez then would have to retire out of the race. But the, um, Red Bull did a weird thing here. Um, later on in the race, after they found out it was going to be a 10-second penalty, they um, brought him back out because there wasn't like too much damage where like he um, had to retire. They just chose to save the car. But he, he, they sent him back out so that he could come and serve his penalty so that they didn't have to serve it next week out in Qatar. And so they got it over with here and then retired him again. The it's, smart thinking from Red Bull. Yeah. They obviously got approval from the from the FIA to yeah. do that because Perez was like six laps down for a little yeah. bit, and that confusion actually kind of, um, was unfortunate for Charles Leclerc because yeah. after the race he revealed he thought he was on for a podium, yeah. but he in reality it was just Perez's car instead of Verstappen. Yeah. So that sucks for Leclerc there, but it was tactical genius from Red Bull to make yeah. the most of Sergio Perez's dismal session, yeah. like. He's not. Sergio Perez is not having a good um couple of races so far. Yeah. So now moving on to lap 16, and we saw even more um racing from the two Mercedes through Spoon Corner. Um, we saw um this time Russell being forced wide by his teammate Hamilton, and that uh, um caused Russell to get on the radio to Mercedes and tell them like, who are we racing, like the others or each other? So Russell definitely not happy about this exactly yeah going on to lap 17 now like lap 16 17 the yeah. pit stops finally started to happen and so norris had pitted on lap 16 i think and so verstappen came in on lap 17 and yeah. as it was um for red bull standards a slow stop for verstappen cuz it was 3.3 but nevertheless verstappen was able to come out um quite a bit ahead of yeah. um oscar, oscar piastri. piastri so it was piastri that actually pitted um before uh verstappen and norris just kept out in front so piastri currently was doing his really good to yeah. keep ahead of um of lando norris and on lap 19 then we saw verstappen making his way through traffic which was george russell at um turn 11 yeah. and then we saw then to Leclerc go around the outside of esteban ocon at the spoon yeah. curve and so it was an- another really good move from Charles Leclerc. And we saw the yeah. same thing too happen kind of on lap twenty at turn eleven where Sainz got a switchback on Fernando Alonso and that part of the track was making yeah. for some really great racing because again through the inside at the spoon curve, which is yeah. turn thirteen, um Sainz put his Ferrari ahead of um Fernando Alonso. Yeah. And um uh they were both now Sainz was released to now chase after um Esteban Ocon right in front. And moving on to lap 21, now we saw Lewis Hamilton trying to get past Fernando Alonso uh, through 130R. The man who was famous for making moves at 130R was now passed by his former teammate and former rival Lewis Hamilton, and a very bold and committed move from Hamilton through 130R to go down the inside and move up into P8, and now chase after Esteban Ocon. Yeah, remember that the lap 22 yeah. overtake. Lewis Hamilton through 130. Yeah. I feel like that'll become famous one day. Yeah, Going on to lap 27, then Norris used team orders again to get past Oscar yeah. Piastri. I feel like Norris just always relies on team orders to get past his teammates. I don't know why. It's just like, I yeah. feel like he can never get past on track. Like, he is a great driver, but he always seems to lose out in qualifying and then have to rely on team orders to get past in the race. So, I mean, we saw the after team orders. He kind of bolted away, so it was more of, um, I think this was more of not wasting time. I mean, I think he would have got the overtake done. He was just the Ferraris would have closed up for sure. So I think this was more of just getting this done quickly. Cause by lap thirty, then we saw um Norris was now um three seconds clear of. Oscar Piastri, and Fernando Alonso was now chasing Yuki Sonoda and performed a switchback move right at the exit of the hairpin, and Alonso and Sonoda were now wheel-to-wheel wheel, um, as they approached Spoon Corner, and now um, Alonso, the outside, turned into the inside, and then Alonso moved up into P9. Um, mm-hmm. On lap 35, then we saw Leclerc and Hamilton pit for the yeah. hard tires for the um, final time in that race, and... Um, because Hamilton pit earlier Science actually got undercut by yeah. um the Mercedes and so Science would have to overtake them both on track this time. Yeah. And going on to lap thirty eight then we saw Lando Norris make a really good move into the first corner on George Russell and then following yeah. suit on lap forty two, Oscar Piastri did the same to um George Russell, but he went round the outside at turn one. So both McLaren's put themselves onto the podium places. And Piastri was in the position to score his first podium in Formula 1. Yeah, and also by this moment, a lot of DNFs had happened. Sargent had dnf after a lot of issues uh, after his collision. And same with Albon, who had to DNF after his collision. So both um, Williams now suffering a double DNF here. And just not good in their fight at the bottom. Yeah, unfortunate for Williams, both getting caught up in incidents. Yeah. Um, Albon was completely out of his control, and then Sargent, yeah. it, it's Logan Sargent, so yeah. obvious. On, and on lap 45 now, we saw um Charles Leclerc fighting George Russell at turn one. Leclerc went around the outside of his great friend Russell, and now moved up into P4, and that got a round of applause from all the Japanese fans. And moving on to lap 49 now, Russell was just under pressure again um, now by his teammate Lewis Hamilton and by the Ferrari of Carlos Sainz. So it was like flip from last week in Singapore. Now it was Sainz chasing the two Mercedes and um, Hamilton was now with drs tried to get his move and into turn one he used team orders to get past russell and russell um then quickly positioned his car as a buffer to block from carlos Sainz. yeah Sainz was saying like they're using my own trick against me so it was kind of funny yeah. but on lap 50 then Sainz would eventually get past george russell around the outside at turn yeah. one really similar to what leclerc did around the outside at turn two to george russell So it was um, nice moves from both the Ferraris, but ultimately Sainz wouldn't be able to get past Hamilton. Yeah, so now moving on on to the final lap, lap 53, Max Verstappen had just controlled this race from start to finish and he comfortably won the Japanese Grand Prix for a second time in two years. And with that win, it meant that Red Bull would now win the Constructors' Championship for the sixth time in their career and it was a really good result from them. And then it was a double podium for McLaren as Lando Norris came home in P2 and Oscar Piastri came home for his first podium ever in Formula 1. Yeah, definitely. A round of applause for that. Oscar really Piastri drove a Piastri. brilliant race. Especially because yeah. considering this was his first time at this track. Yeah. It was a really good race from Piastri. And also congrats to Red Bull Racing for their sixth con- Constructors Championship, their second yeah. consecutive one because they've been the pace setters this week Definitely. this year apart yeah. from Singapore so it's really nice to see for um Red Bull and Verstappen has been like carrying most of the weight with the yeah. championship but Perez has especially in the first half of the season has had a really solid um few races in the beginning so both yeah. Red Bulls showing that they like have extremely lot of pace Perez just needs to find um more pace for the end of this year but Red Bull now they can celebrate with t- could yeah, yeah. championship and they have a chance for verstappen to win it in qatar yeah so the final results then were verstappen won the race and norris came home in second from piastri in third leclerc came home in p4 hamilton fifth the sixth, russell seventh Alonso eighth and then esteban ocon finished in ninth ahead of pierre gasly after alpine performed the last lap um driver swap which Pierre Gasly was not impressed about he was in fact really pissed off about it yeah because he was like he stayed ahead until the very last lap and so he was like um sent ahead of Ocon to try to chase down more people but ultimately he wouldn't he wasn't able to and so Gasly was like furious that he had to let them by like I understand that like you don't want to ever lose out to your teammate but like um he also outqualified Al Conto, so he started ahead. Yeah, I think that's why he was annoyed with it because yeah. he was kind of ahead for the whole race and so definitely frustrating for Gasly there. Yeah. There was also a cool thing on the podium with the trophy. They had like this trophy, they had yeah. uh like it was like KISS activated where they preloaded it with the winner's um flag yeah. and so when the winner in this case was kissed the trophy it lit up in the um that was pretty cool on, yeah. when he did kissed it in like a specific sensor it uh, it lit up the whole trophy into like the dutch yeah. flag colors so that was like really cool um again more japanese in- innovations yeah um well that was it then for a very um pretty um not like it was a, it was a decent japanese grand prix though it's still pretty exciting yeah Um, But that was it for that race. And thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. And be sure to join us next time as we take a look at the 2023 Qatar Grand Prix. Thank you.